All right, back out of here. It is Jonathan Peterman. Let's talk to Rob Long. Of course, 105.7 The Fan. You catch him in Baltimore, the Big Bad Morning Show. Rob, how's it going tonight? It's going good. It's going good. On my way home. I love to hear that. Uh, so last time we had talked, I, I, I was convinced you're just the, the most clairvoyant sports talk host in the country because uh, you were, you, you've told me like seven different things throughout the years that have come true. Most important, though, that Lamar was going nowhere. I remember emphatically you're like, Lamar's going nowhere. He's staying with the Ravens. Anyone that believes otherwise is just full of it. And I'm like, all right, let's see how it plays out. Played out exactly the way that you said it would, and then you fast forward, and Lamar's had just this crazy year. Now, as prophetic as you are, did you see a year like this coming for Lamar? No, not quite. Not the passer that he is right now. Uh, and I'm not telling you that you can look at the stats and say, "Well, he doesn't have 4,000 yards passing." That's just not the Ravens' offense. He's not. You know, he, he's going to do it eventually, maybe even next year. But his control of the passing game, his his understanding of the game. And during the back part of the year, he saw another one of the myths, and that myth that he couldn't throw deep, and he started throwing deep. So uh, he is, he's just been sensational. He's just been absolutely sensational. And to be honest with you, no, I didn't see myself having a good year, but not this year. I didn't see another MVP-type season this year. Yeah, you know, it was always the big question going into this year. is like, what kind of year could he actually deliver on? And he's done so in spades. Now, the, the, the first five weeks of the season or so, he was still good, but it, it, the offense wasn't the way that it really was the back half of the season. What what kind of clicked? Is it just getting familiar with the new OC? And I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that's when the 4,000-yard season will have. If, he had, if they were clicking from week one, he would have 4,200 yards passing. And yes, mm-hmm. to answer your question, I think – New offense, they didn't look that good in preseason, and I had experts telling me it's going to be four or five weeks before they start clicking. And that's what it took. When they started clicking, Todd Munkin's offense is a problem, and the talent that Eric DeCosta has put around them is unbelievable. I mean, just think about how long they had Mark Andrews out for over a month, and Isaiah Lightley looks like a starting tight end. Mm-hmm. There's just so much depth. You know, you, you lose your starting running back, and J.K. Dobbins, and and you have others, you know, like like Gus Edwards, you know, back up and and, and be sensational there as well. It's just there's so much depth on this Ravens see. So how do you see this one? Are, are, are Baltimore fans are Baltimore fans scared of Patrick Mahomes the way that like I would be scared of Patrick Mahomes? And listen, I you know me, I'm around the Browns and Browns a couple years ago we had to take on Patrick Mahomes and I, I was very scared, but Patrick Mahomes uh, wasn't the underdog in that game. Hell to the knob. Nobody's scared of Patrick Mahomes around here. I'm, I'm just honest with you. Nobody's scared of Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, other than Lamar, by the way, is my favorite quarterback. Right? He's my favorite. Other than Lamar, he's my favorite quarterback. Um, I respect the heck out of the guy. I think he's the best quarterback in the game right now. Best quarterback in the game. Um, he took that from Tom Brady. Took over for Tom Brady. However, um, Ravens didn't have too much for him. The Ravens have to do a lot to lose this game. I normally say they got to do a lot to win. The Ravens have to do a lot to lose this game. A lot wrong. They're a better team from top to bottom. The defense is better. Uh, I think the Ravens' defense is better than the Chiefs' offense. And as good as the Chiefs' defense is this year, and I tip my cap to them, I think the Ravens' offense is better than their defense. Uh, you know, I, you want to compare special teams? I'm out. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know that. <laughs> The Ravens are the most complete team in the NFL. If they if they lose this game on Sunday, they absolutely blew it. Wow. 
Let me ask you this then. You know, I, I don't know how much of a sports gambler you are. I do like to gamble. And uh, I, I remember going on, on VEASAN, uh, like right before the Browns playoff game, and they asked me, they, they're like, all right, so what, it, you know, the spread is, uh, you know, Browns on the road, and they're giving up two points. What do you think the spread should actually be? And I'm like, ah, listen, they should be six or seven point favorites. Well, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see what Vegas sees in this one at all. Clearly, I was wrong on that one, Rob. But what you're telling me is that you feel like the line should be a little bit more than what four is currently given off in Vegas. No, well, I'll put it this way. I understand football enough to know that's number 15 on that other team. So he, I don't care where he is. He's not going to have a six-point. He's not going to be a six-point underdog in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not in the playoffs. Um, I believe the Ravens will beat him by more than that. But understanding who Patrick Mahomes is, I know why he's not more than four. Okay. Now, what changed in the defense? A lot of people are crediting Roquan Smith from year to year. Is that is that the big difference? The biggest difference was that they acquired him last year. Uh, and a lot of people around Baltimore were like, I don't know about that. You give up draft picks. And I said on air, Roquan Smith, in the words of the movie Major Leagues, will announce his presence with authority. Mm-hmm. And the first play that they ran up the middle against the Baltimore Ravens, he stuffed a hole to stop him on third and short. The week prior to that, that would have been a six-yard pickup and a first down. Mm-hmm. He announced his presence with authority from day one. And he has been nothing but a leader since then. He's a leader by a vocal leader now, but he's definitely a leader by example because he gets it done on the field. I feel like the D-line, too, very underrated. I, you, you got playmakers all over that D-line, Rob. You have playmakers over the D-line, but Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, <laughs> you Sam Clairvoy, let me tell you what I was wrong. I didn't like drafting Kyle Hamilton. I hated it. I didn't think he'd fit in. Mm. I was wrong. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. I apologized to him when I saw him. He didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even know it. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm just, I apologize to you. He said, what happened? I said, I didn't want to draft you. And he bust out laughing. I said, I didn't. I was wrong. Dude, I was wrong. Now I love you. I, I mean, this guy, this kid is a monster. When I played high school football, speaking of monster, we had a position called Monster Man. That was the guy that flew all over the field, lined up on the strong side, and did whatever the heck he wants. That's who Kyle Hamilton is in the NFL. He's the monster man. He lines up on the strong side and does whatever he wants to do. And most of the time, he's right. I think the genius of all of this is Mike McDonald knows how to use this kid. If you play him traditional safety, I would have been right. What I did not know is that Mike McDonald was a genius. <laughs> he uses this guy. And I didn't know. I think I should get a pass on that. I think I you do. Mike McDonald. Yeah, I think you do, yeah. You know I mean? And Mike McDonald, and I'm, I'm, not take, I'm not taking any credit away from Kyle Hamilton. I'm just saying the marriage between he and his defensive coordinator has created this hybrid type of uh, safety where he's a all pro and he's, man, he's just fun to watch. And you're right, the D-line has been playing sensational. How about they tapped into Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy, they literally scraped him off the scrap heap, and, and they said, listen, Van Noy, you're 30-something years old. You can't do what you used to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to put you in this lane. And you play in this lane. Don't get out this lane. Play in this lane. And Van Noy all of a sudden is rejuvenated, playing in that lane, and he looks great. And he's cool with playing in that lane. Because at this point of your career, you just want to win a Super Bowl. You don't care about personal accolades. Same thing with your David Cloudy. Your David is saying, listen, you want me to set the edge? I got an ambulance coming by, so it's going to get loud a little bit. But you want me to set the edge? 
I'm setting the edge. Oh, by the way, if they're not blocking me, I'm going after that quarterback. And I was so happy when he got his bonus in week 18. I was so happy when he did it because I'm a University of South Carolina fan, season ticket holder since 1994. I used to live down there. And, and just to see him do what he's doing with the Baltimore Ravens, you're right at that defensive line is stud. Justin Matavike. I mean, we can go on and on. Rob Long, Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Joining me, Jonathan Peterwin here. All right, so let me ask you this. Obviously, everyone has covered this game and everyone has talked about this game and you spent a week discussing it and all the ins and the outs. What do you feel like the national media either aren't talking enough about or just aren't understanding about this game the same way you guys in Baltimore are? That is a great, great question. I feel like you know the media has shown John Harbaugh dancing around after the game and and doing all of this and doing all of that. First, I, I was a John Harbaugh critic when they had in the last days of Joe Flacco. I was a John Harbaugh critic. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh to me is Coach Shashevsky. Well, four people crashing their vehicles. Listen to me. Let me give, let me give me a second. <laughs> Coach K once upon a time said if they win a national championship. Nobody gets their rings until everybody graduates because that was, that was how the times were back then. He wanted guys to go three, four years. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Coach K saw how the landscape of college basketball changed, and he changed, and he became great even then. John Harbaugh comes from his three yards in the cloud of dust system and conservative football and this and that and mud and sweat and tears and blood and all those things. John Harbaugh has taken – Lamar Jackson and embraced him a new style of football. He's embraced hybrid defensive players. He's embraced the younger generation. And John Harbaugh, who normally has a a locker room with everybody standing up and watching him talk, is now getting down dancing in a locker room. (laughs) John Harbaugh didn't change who he was. John Harbaugh changed his approach. And that's what great coaches do. And that's what the media needs to be talking about. The players are great. But when you can have a man who is 60-something years old who says, you know what, I'm going to pivot. And there's more than one ways to get honey. I'm going I'm to change. I'm going to get what I need to get out of these kids. I'm just going to change my approach and do it. And I tip my cap in for that. No, great answer. Uh, Rob, let me ask you about uh, Zay Flowers because he's someone I'm fascinated by. I, I think a lot of people liked him out of Boston College. I as clear as clairvoyant as you are, the seer among seers. I think even you are probably like uh, you guys all see this too, right? Like like Zay Flowers. At the moment you guys drafted him, knew he was going to be an impact player, and he's had a hell of a rookie year. He has, and at the beginning of the year, I was frustrated how to use them because it's all gimmicks at the line of scrimmage, mm. all this stuff. I'm like, come on, man, this guy's talent. The downfield, and looking back on it now, you know maybe Tom Munkin was just getting his feet wet you know, indoctrinating them to the NFL. And now they use them the way that I've wanted them to use them for the beginning. I'm not going to say should use them because he knows more than I do. But now they use them the way I expected them to use them. And I agree with you. You know, 800 receiving yards. 800 receiving yards for a rookie wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <I'm, laughs> so much, I, I agree with you. I love them. How much time do you guys spend talking about Taylor Swift this week? Oh, uh, boy. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot. That sounds like an awful lot. I'm so glad. I'm so glad T-Pain is performing at halftime. <laughs> I'm so glad. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, my, Taylor, I don't want to hear Taylor Swift music being played. Listen, <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. The Swifties love her, and 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 I even had someone. I had to take my niece to a a birthday party, and it was at one of these Jimmerees because mm-hmm. she's one of these these competitive cheer dancers. Yeah, and I heard Mom said, "Oh, I may have to get tickets to the game that Taylor Swift is going to be in." Myself. You honestly think you're going to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift as you went to the football? You're you're better off staying home because the camera will be on her every time they can. I get it. Pop culture, you know, meets NFL. You know, we saw it with the WWF years ago with Cindy Lauper. Now the NFL has jumped in the bed with Taylor Swift. I get it. It's wild. It's different. Rob, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes as always. I appreciate you, and I'll catch up with you later. Thank you, Rob. Let's do it.